Hello, welcome to the Health Data Ethics Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Owens. So we finished our series about the blueprint for an AI Bill of Rights. And through this series, we have come up with any number of ways in which we can be thoughtful about the use of artificial intelligence in healthcare. We've come up with any number of things that we should be careful about. We've come up with any number of good guidelines, goalposts, um, ways to evaluate uh, and make sure that our AI projects are functioning as intended, that they are treating all people equitably. And I, I have to say that I found this series this series incredibly illuminating. Um, I thought that it was a really lovely framework through which to explore, okay, what does responsible implementation of artificial intelligence look like? And then I, I've been having a few, you know, sidebar conversations and I, I think I've been going about this a little bit wrong. So if the goal, the end goal, if my end goal is responsible implementation of artificial intelligence into the healthcare ecosystem for better care of patients, for better caregiver experience, for more effective healthcare operations, the solution isn't necessarily to sit on the sidelines and point out Monday morning quarterback style, all the different ways in which we could be more careful or more thoughtful or more cautious. The solution is really to innovate responsibly in the first place and to, to start projects and to, to move forward with things and not let our ethical concerns be the reason why we don't do things. We should carry our ethical concerns with us as we innovate and innovate with those in mind. Um, I personally have been using my, my, my thoughts and my, my concerns as a way to say, well, you know, maybe we should hold off, maybe we shouldn't do this. But I think the, the more appropriate way to really think about implementation of artificial intelligence and of any other, you know, new novel healthcare technology is, okay, cool, let's look at the benefits. How do we do this responsibly? And, and here's a, a really great example, right? And I'm going to use, I'm going to call myself out here, right? Because A, this is true, but also B, um, I like to call myself out. Um, when I was discussing algorithms and bias, I talked a bit about the sepsis alerting algorithm that Epic had come out with a few, and this was, all of my data was from a few years ago, 2018, 2019. Um, and I had done a little bit of research on sepsis alert algorithms um, and found a paper that said, hey, look, this Epic, this algorithm that Epic had that was implemented at this hospital, it performed extremely poorly. It alerted all over the place when the patient wasn't actually going to develop sepsis. It did not do a great job catching the uh, the cases of sepsis that the caregivers were going to miss anyway. Um, and, and in general, it was kind of a flop, right? It contributed a lot of nonsense alerts. It didn't actually make patients safer. Um, and the, I, I fell prey to one of the prime, I don't know that I can really call it a cognitive bias because it's not quite that simple, right? We live in a digital world where there is all sorts of information available to us at our fingertips at all times. And so one of the things that I constantly hear people coach to do and what, what I coach people to do myself is, well, do your own research, look up stuff, find, find some papers, but we need to take a step back and fit and step zero of doing your own research is to make sure that you are doing your research in a responsible manner. I went into that research with a bias. I said, I, I went in basically saying, Hey, let's find an example of an algorithm that did not perform appropriately. And I, I found exactly what I was looking for. Right. 
And as I was discussing this paper and I was discussing my findings with some other folks, you know, internally, I, I heard the the pushback that I would have expected to hear, right? Oh yeah, you found that paper. Well, there was another one that showed that it performed really well. And did I go find that one and do a side-by-side comparison? Well, not yet. No, it's on my to-do list, but I have not yet done it. So I, I do think that we need to be quite careful um, when we are doing our own research, that the research we're doing is really aimed at informing ourselves and our organizations and allowing us to make a truly informed decision. And that means that before you start chucking stuff into Google Scholar or you start poking around on PubMed or, you know, or GitHub or what, wherever your, your, um, your corner of interest is, before we start doing that, we really need to sit down and do some self-reflection. What am I hoping to discover as part of this research? What is the narrative that I am trying to carry forward? What information could I be presented with that would help me change my mind? If I were going to let go of my pet theory that sepsis algorithms are bad, right? They don't perform as intended. This is a, a an example of a, an area that looks like it's ripe for disruption, but it's really not working. Well, what would a sepsis algorithm that looked like or that worked, what would that look like? Where would I find that paper? Where would I find that that hospital discussing this? What happens if I if I go and I seek that out as well? So it, this is just a, a, a public acknowledgement of a, an area where I kind of fell down, right? Like I, I, I went in with a biased approach. Um, I found information that supported my bias. And when I was presented with alternative information, I put it on the back burner and we have not a, we have not yet touched it. So I will be returning actually to sepsis algorithms, right? Um, as my, my next few episodes, I think I want to take some time and, and discuss, let's look at areas within a healthcare organization that are ready for some technological disruption. Let's look at what readiness means, both from a people perspective, uh, from a data perspective, and from a uh, from an industry perspective. Um, let's look at what AI is good at and what AI is not good at. Let's look at what people are good at and what people are not good at. And sepsis is one of those areas where it really does seem ripe for disruption. So I would like to use the sepsis model as kind of a way to explore, okay, how do we know what works? How do we know what doesn't? And I think we need to tailor our expectations. Um, when you're putting a new drug into the clinical environment, right? You go through lots of clinical trials. Um, you go through lots of post-market evaluation. Things rarely get uh, get drastically better with the first implementation. And I do think artificial intelligence and other sort of technological solutions in the healthcare space do kind of suffer from the from increased expectations that we can just inject some technology in here and poof, all of our problems are solved. When in reality, the injection of the technology is an iterative process. So in summary, kind of wrapping up our previous series, setting the stage for the next, the way to really ensure that our healthcare data approach is ethical is to carry our ethics forward into our innovation. We need to be careful about our biases, about bringing our biases into our investigations. Um, and I, I'd like to kind of use sepsis algorithms as a way to continue this conversation. <laughs>